Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include declining new home sales due to higher rates, and my interview with Bob Griffith, General Manager of Home Services at Hauser, on using your 401k to buy a house. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. Recently named a Top 100 firm by Inside Public Accounting, Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, cybersecurity, technology, and other services to the mortgage industry. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest growing firms in the country and has been named to the HousingWire Tech 100 in Mortgage, Accounting Today Firms to Watch, and the fastest growing firms. The firm has also received multiple awards for excellence and firm culture from inside public accounting. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. Marketing is a fickle mistress. Do you ever opt out of receiving ads? The implications to marketing efforts for any lender or vendor are clear. The implications of falling volume, margins, and revenue are clear as well. They're leaving plans for 2022 in a shambles for most lenders and vendors. Every lender or originator knows that 2020 and 2021 were not forecast to be record-breaking origination years, but they were. And if 2022 weighs in at $2 trillion in residential fundings, it will still be a top 10 year. But volumes being down 50% from a year ago continue to cause cuts industry-wide, and organizations are reacting, even at the regional level. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Hauser's Bob Griffith to talk about using your 401k to buy a house. He's the founder of R. Griffith Insights, a consulting company providing expert analysis and advice on mortgage banking and mortgage insurance, as well as a former CEO of Keller Mortgage, a national mortgage lender headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. Mr. Griffith is a former member of the board of directors of the Mortgage Bankers Association of America and a former chairman of its board of governors. He also served on the National Advisory Council of Fannie Mae. All right, Bob, I saw an article about using a 401k to buy a house, and I didn't know that was even possible, and I don't think my friends really did either. So let's get let's get straight into it. Can I use my 401k to buy a house? Yes, you can. And we have our loan officers here at Hauser ask every one of our applicants about the situation with their 401k. It's a, uh, it's a form of savings. It's your money and you can amass it with pre-tax income. So everyone knows it's an effective way to save money and grow a little bit of a nest egg. And so when you say use it as say it's used as an asset account, or you can actually take funds from it without penalty. How, how does it, it work when it comes to buying a house? Well, again, Robbie, it's your money, so you can always have access to it. Uh, it's a tax advantaged account. So the IRS is in position to take some penalties from you if you withdraw early. I think the age is 59 and a half. Uh, so if you if you withdraw money before that age, you're subject to a 10% early withdrawal fee that goes to the IRS. And then the amount you withdraw is taxable. However, as our article describes, you also have the option of taking out a loan which you will then repay back to yourself. We believe that this is really the smart move if you want to use your 401k 
for the purposes of amassing a down payment. And what are the terms on that that loan to yourself? The terms are going to vary. We're very quick to disclose to everyone. We're not a financial advisor. A 401k is a part of your long-term retirement strategy. Talk about this with your financial advisor and always talk to your 401k plan administrator. There are going to be some wrinkles plan by plan, employer by employer. There are also going to be some wrinkles if you're in a traditional 401k or if you're in a an IRA. So have those discussions first, and then you'll understand the terms. Basically, if you sort of describe the average situation, you can take a loan from your 401k in a maximum amount of $50,000 or half your balance, whichever is greater. And then you have five years to repay yourself with interest. And I sort of am using air quotes as I describe this to you, because first of all, this isn't a loan in the sense there's no lender, there's no credit evaluation. You're simply taking your money for yourself, but it's styled as a loan. You do repay it through automatic paycheck withdrawals over five years. Some plans will allow you to accelerate that term and repay it quicker. And then all of the interest, quote unquote, expense is really just additional return to yourself or additional savings. It all goes into your back into your, the balance of your account. Well, let's talk about the pros and cons of using. You tell me some benefits to it and may, maybe some drawbacks to let everybody uh, just transparent with everybody. Sure. So one of the, the drawbacks is sort of the fear of missing out, the opportunity cost of what your account might have uh, accumulated if you had just remained invested during the period of this loan to yourself. Uh, that's mitigated by the popular view that right now the economy is not expanding. The economy is more likely to be receding, which means that investments in equity equities are more likely to uh, fall or remain fairly steady in the near-term horizon versus when an economy is expanding and equities are going up. So a lot of financial advisors will say that during a recessionary environment, that's really a good time to reallocate money in your 401k. And one way to do it is to yourself. Remember, you're taking those funds that you're paying yourself, you're putting them into another investment. So that home uh, that you'll end up buying with the down payment will immediately become yours and, and should appreciate. We're seeing some slowdown in home price appreciation from just these incredible levels we've seen over the last few years. But you're just trading the asset you were invested in in the 401k for a new asset, which is your home. Uh, the other advantages of doing a 401k loan, it's very easy. As I said, there's no, there are no uh, upfront points. There are no uh, credit evaluations. It doesn't impact your credit score. It, you can get the money fairly Quickly, the repayment terms are very easy. It can be paycheck, auto withdrawal. You may have the opportunity to accelerate or prepay the loan. And you are, as I said, you're in now the real estate investment market and you're starting to get those uh, 
returns. The the cost is this fear of missing out and what your your plan could have earned if you had just left the money alone. And I saw something in the article saying that if you have an IRA, you're in luck. Can you explain that a little bit? You can be in luck. Uh, the IRAs will sometimes have terms that will allow you to borrow a little bit more than the 50% cap. Uh, in many cases, if you're buying your first home and the uh, IRAs sometimes have more expansive repayment parameters so you can go a little beyond five years to pay yourself back. You have children. What's the advice you give them about timing on buying a home, how many, how much down payment to put on a home, what, what sort of, uh, you know, using their 401k, what, what are those discussions like? Well, Robbie, I've been in mortgage banking and, and home purchasing for over 30 years. And the one humble lesson you learn early on and it stays with you is you can't predict the future. You can't time uh, this out uh, very successfully. And so when is the best time to buy a home? It's when you're ready. And it's a longer term investment. So you tend to catch uh, all parts of cycles, uh, no matter when you get in the game. The question of how much money to put down is also multifaceted. Uh, it can have a lot to do with how much monthly payment you're comfortable with. The more money you put down allows you to manage down the month amount of your monthly payment. Uh, but there are a lot of things that people need to consider, including my children. You know, it's rent versus own. It's what kind of home do you want? Do you want a new home or one that you'll put some sweat equity into? And then uh, do you want to tie a lot of your money up in the form of a down payment or would you like to get in with as little money down? But back to the, the theme of, the, of our discussion, uh, it's hard to save money. And it's especially hard to save money now when inflation is eating into everyone's wallet. The cost of everything is going up. So the amount of discretionary income to save is going down. Uh, that makes the, the play of looking at your 401k even more attractive because it's, you're investing uh, pre-tax dollars. Uh, and so it gives you uh, an inside track to get to a savings goal quicker. Yeah, let's elaborate on that for a second. Just because you can use your 401k to buy a house doesn't mean you necessarily should. What are, the, what are some considerations surrounding the 401k? Your 401k is thought of as a nest egg. It's thought of as a very long-term horizon investment, unlike anything else you'll invest in. A lot of people will retire with 401k accounts that have been in place for 30 or 40 years. And there's this notion of the power of, of compounding returns. And so you start with a little and through almost magic uh, at the end of the third or fourth decade, this compounding has, has created a surprisingly large amount of money. Uh, going in and taking money out to, to invest in, in an alternative investment uh, does disrupt uh, that compounding chain. But we, we would, uh, at Hauser, when we're looking at this and talking to our clients, we would 
would would point out that the this is a five year loan out of a thirty or forty year horizon, and when you're in a recessionary market situation, it's quite possible that you will put in more money uh, than you'll take out, and you will have uh, a real estate asset to add to the nest egg, which will then go on building undisturbed after you repay the loan. You are a former member of the board of directors of the MBA, and you've also served on the National Advisory Council of Fannie Mae. Can you talk to our listeners kind of how these organizations take feedback from the the origination community and, and shape that into their, their policies or their advocacy? It's grassroots, like any trade association in the case of the MBA or any sort of quasi-government organization like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Uh, they're taking information from the field. So the MBA in particular is very diligent in breaking their membership down into small members, medium members, and large members. It's easy for large members to have a voice. The Bank of America's and Wells Fargo's of the world also have their own lobbyists in Washington. So that the MBA is just another outlet for them to have a voice. But the smaller members of the Mortgage Bankers Association uh, use the association to uh, funnel up uh, uh, grassroots street level uh, uh, feedback. In the case of the of the of, of the GSEs and, and my experience with Fannie Mae, uh, the members of the advisory boards that I served on were also small, medium, and large. We had some members that were parts of two or three branch bank operations, and uh, they're there for one day a month. Uh, to provide feedback to the leadership of those organizations about what's really happening uh, on the streets. And so uh, I believe they do serve that purpose well. And like uh, Congress, where you would be surprised of the power of a phone call to a representative, the same is true with the MBA or with the GSEs. Uh, day in and day out, the power of a phone call, the power of an email uh, is important. They, they do listen. They are heard. They're there for their members and customers. We've seen some interesting moves in the wholesale space recently, whether that's Loan Depot shuttering their channel or, or UWM announcing uh, poor earnings in the last quarter. Hauser bills themselves as a, a modern brokerage how do you view the current environment? What are you seeing out there? Uh, causes for optimism, reasons for concern. What 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 do you got? Right now at Hauser, where we're we're uh, in a mortgage broker setup, but we'll be progressing over time to a full lender, full delegated uh, correspondent. Uh, right now, we have to be hyper vigilant because we have some large wholesalers that are going to use this current environment to expand while others are going to hunker down and uh, uh, preserve their remaining capital. And so day to day, we have to look at whether or not our wholesalers are making moves, running sales, uh, stepping back. Uh, We have to be more diligent now than even before. Uh, We 
do a lot of business with a couple of the largest wholesalers, the top three. And they are, uh, one is uh, United Wholesale Mortgage, as you mentioned, is, is expanding share right now and are being aggressive with pricing to do that. And we have to remain cognizant of that day to day. And some of the other lenders are, uh, Loan Depot last week just deciding to tap out. Other lenders are uh, being more conservative. The other thing that's happening right now, Robbie, that hasn't happened before in my career with these large wholesale lenders is that uh, they're now public, uh, publicly traded organizations, and they have to satisfy a new constituency, which is their shareholders. And the shareholders are very interested in orderly performance. Whereas the last time we had a slightly rate increasing environment, uh, the large wholesalers were either arms of banks where there were tons of other activities going on that could kind of disguise the mortgage operation, or they were just large privately held wholesalers. But now when you're trying to predict what the next move is going to be for UWM or Home Point or Quicken, Rocket, uh, you have to also kind of factor in what do they need to do to satisfy their shareholders. So it's all very interesting. But it does require brokers, companies like Hauser, to just be very, very diligent, uh, you know, day to day, even intraday, to see what's happening with wholesale pricing. Bob, thanks for making the time. I enjoyed it. I did too, Robbie. Thank you. We learned yesterday that Manufacturing and Services Purchasing Managers Index readings for August both decreased from their final July levels. More pertinent to the mortgage industry, new home sales fell 12.6% in July to a 511,000 unit pace, the lowest level since January 2016, and a larger drop than what was expected. While the report is hardly a surprise, given the sharp pullback in home builder confidence reported last week, sales are down 32% from a year ago, reflecting the adverse impact of rising mortgage rates and high home prices on overall demand. With sales slowing, the inventory of new homes available for sale rose for the fourth straight month to 464,000 units, which is the highest inventory level since March of 2008. Building remains weak despite the shortage, and there is talk that builders may begin to discount current asking prices in order to move completed inventory, which would decelerate home price growth over the remainder of the year. MBA mortgage applications led off today's economic calendar, once again decreasing, this time 1.2% from one week earlier, remaining at a 22-year low. The second quarter of 2022 has been tough for mortgage bankers, with companies losing about 5 basis points on average, despite the second and third quarters usually being the most profitable for the industry. This was the first second quarter loss since 2008. We've also received the always volatile durable goods orders this time for July, which came in flat, excluding transportation up 0.3%. Later this morning brings July pending home sales, a treasury auction of $45 billion of five-year notes, and an MBS purchase operation by the New York Fed targeting up to $445 million of Gen 2, 4% through 5%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged from Tuesday, and the tenure yielding 3.04 after closing yesterday at 3.05%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. My girlfriend wants me to choose between her and my career as a reporter. I have some breaking news for her. <laughs> Thanks again to Richie May. To stay competitive in this market, lenders need to find efficiencies and understand their operations in a much deeper way. 
Richie Mays Consulting, Cybersecurity, Business Intelligence, and Automation Services are designed by mortgage experts to help you continue to drive growth and increase profitability. Visit richiemay.com advisory to learn more about how you can differentiate your business or set up a meeting with one of Richie Mays experts. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.